2: Love Talk Radio.
0: Welcome to a world where power and skill collide. For an instant, a friend can become your mortal enemy. You have entered the world of arm wrestling. Only one will stand victorious. With your host, Craig Soublair on AWNR.us. The show begins now.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Arm Wrestling Nation Radio. Friday night, May 6th, kicking back in the Ormond Beach studios. And uh, I got an exciting show for you guys tonight. We got the host of this new incredible podcast. On YouTube called Hand Control Worldwide with uh, John Brown and Josh Grant, and I'm super excited to have these guys on. And I'm super excited to uh, see that there's another show on um, promoting arm wrestling, interview arm wrestlers, and giving them uh, a form where they can speak and uh, you know tell their fans what's going on, answer questions. So, uh, man, it's awesome. You know, arm wrestling. Like I always say, 2016 is blowing up. Super excited about that! Um, next weekend we have the WAL Regionals in Dallas. I know everybody that I've been training with and pulling down here in Florida are super excited to make that trip to Dallas. Uh, this past weekend we had the Europa Super Show of Strength, um, and uh, you know it was one of those tour- one of those tournaments for me where. It was like I pulled the worst I've ever pulled Ever but I'm going to have Those days and uh, You know I'm not I can tell you You know 20 different excuses why But unfortunately uh, there is no Excuses in arm wrestling and uh, You know everybody goes through that um, Ups and downs The uh, the agony of defeat So to speak So um, you know a lot of uh, A lot of great pullers showed up at that event uh, Denise and Leonard had a you know, put on a great event. Um, and speaking of Denise, we just want to send our prayers and well wishes. Uh, she had, uh, fell down with visiting her dad. And, uh, I texted her yesterday. She said, she's a tough lady and she's doing well. So, uh, but you know, well wishes out there. Also last week, uh, they had the strong, um, chance strong six man tournament, um, with, uh, you know, some of the elite guys, you know, Chandler, um, Matt Mask, um, Ron Bath, of course, um, Scott um, Ballinger, and uh, I forget who else, but I'm just having a brain fart, but I had them all on last week, and of course, uh, Ron Bath, oh, Chris Chandler, <laughs> my buddy Chris, I'm forgetting him, uh, of all people to forget the freak. But anyway, great matchups, uh, Matt Mask, uh, And Ron were in the finals, and, uh, you know, the man, the legend, Mr. Bath, took that event. So uh, hats off to him, man. That was a great showing. So, um, you know, yeah, so lots of stuff coming on, PAL. They've got a regional thing coming up here this weekend. Every weekend they got a regional thing coming on. And uh, last week when we had Dan on talking about... Vendetta, the All-Stars Vendetta, uh, July 16th, I'm going to be a part of that match, Um, that event, I'm really honored to be a part of that, Uh, coming up in Rhode Island, Beard for Beard, Evan Borgnine versus the Disciple, Craig Suvilaire, so uh, yeah, it's going to be fun, man, can't wait for that matchup, Um, so yeah, without further ado, man, I'm going to give a shout out to our Couple of our sponsors, and then uh, have our guest on
0: Country Crush, baby. The handles are made of polymer plastic that sits freely over a shaft, causing a free spinning motion. The frame is constructed of a high-grade steel and made here in the USA. The handle, while you can work many different exercises, was designed to challenge your hand strength. Focusing on overall arm strength, adding a balance and stability to your workout. By adding rolling handles, the Country Crush allows the user to work many different movements not easily done by similar handles and by closing your wrists off at the end of each movement you work your wrist and, and strengthen, strengthen it, it at the same time Country Crush baby what are you waiting for get in the game if you ain't traded with the Country Crush then you ain't traded check out www.countrycrush.net now Armed Alliance is committed to producing powerful arm wrestling apparel to athletes around the world. <laughs> our mission is to represent the arm wrestling community with unmatched design, unique style, and superior fit that will set you apart from the crowd. Our shirts, made from next-generation cotton polyester, allows for maximum comfort and quality. We offer custom orders for hats, compression sleeves, team or individual shirts, and arm wrestling tables. Visit our site at <laughs> www.armedallianceapparel.com and gear up today. Rep the movement. Armed Alliance for Life.
1: All right, guys. Welcome back to the show. I want to welcome our guest, uh, one half of our guest tonight, uh, John Brown, to the show. What's up, John? How are you doing tonight?
2: What's going on, Craig? How are you doing?
1: Not bad, brother. How about you, man? Long day on the microphone for you guys. I just uh, finished off watching uh, the last little bit of your guys' interview with RVJ. I was hoping to catch the whole thing, but... Unfortunately, sometimes internet connections do not keep stable while you're driving. (laughs) Sure.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. talking to Robbie (laughs) Vincent.
1: Yeah, man. I'm talking. talking RVJ is awesome, dude. I love that guy. I've had him on the show a few times. And uh, we actually were doing, we were going to do this RVJ weekly kind of show. But I don't know. It's just, he's kind of unpredictable. So it got kind of (laughs) squashed. But uh, not, yeah. So... (laughs) Is Josh there with you, too?
3: Ian? Yeah, I'm here.
1: Okay, man. cool. Here. Awesome, Josh. I didn't know if you were calling in on, on your line or, or what. So, uh, yeah, guys, hats off to you guys, man. I love the new show. Um, great format with, um, you know, doing the Skype thing. Uh, I got to ask you, uh, John, maybe uh, you can tell us how you got, what what brought that idea on, what gave you guys the, you know, the idea of doing a, kind of a podcast that, that, that kind of way.
2: Well, I got to be honest about it. The idea was almost a joke at first. I, I made a comment on Facebook uh, saying that I was going to make a frequently asked questions page for a newbie arm because my, my Facebook inbox just becomes that. You know, we all get yeah, people yeah, yeah. asking questions. We, I love answering them, no problem at all. But it's like, man, if we could just make a page for that, it'd be great. And uh, about a week later, Josh contacted me and said, why don't we just do it? And I just said, well, why not, I guess. And then two weeks later, we we started, you know, we got our first show. It was really very unplanned, uh, very chaotic, hectic, much like how the show has been anyway. We have, we really <laughs> don't plan to fit at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what?
1: That's the way to go, though, man. I, I tell you, a lot of people, I tell them, too, it's the same thing. It's like I go kind of... Spontaneous. I mean, I have a few questions, you know, baseline or whatever. And then once the conversation gets going, I mean, it's, you know, it's all hell breaks loose, basically, depending on, you know, who you have on the show and stuff. But, you know, I just think it's a great idea to, to get people out there and support arm wrestling. And like you guys said, like, you know, when you're getting people, especially newbies, asking questions, it's nice to be able to have somewhere to go and, you know, be able to answer, you know, some of the questions of the sport because a lot of people still, you know, think that it's a, a bunch of rednecks come wrestling in a saloon, you know, so.
2: Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I get asked, you know, is my elbow supposed to hurt like this? I've been, <laughs> I've been like for three months, my elbow hurts. Like you would not believe. And I'm like, dude, I believe it. If it hurt that way, it's okay. And then they're like, but, no, you really don't get it. And I'm like, no, I really do get it. It's
3: fine.
2: <laughs> and it's been years, you know, we we all answer these questions, and we're happy to do so. But mm-hmm. any kind of information that's you know, we can put out there for newer guys, we're, you know, more than happy to do it.
1: No, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think getting into the Facebook, the social media, the questions and stuff, it's so popular now. It's just a, a great outlook for people to get to learn about the sport and give it a try. And it's, it's funny you say that because people always – you know, they say the same thing. It's like, man, my arms are sore and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, I've been in this sport a short period of time, you know, a little under four years. And I think my arms been sore ever since I started arm wrestling. So it's just one of yeah. those things you just got to get used to. And Yeah, um, I mean,
2: like, there's a certain level. of uh, You adapt to a certain level of it. And then there's also the other half, which is you just, you just, it's just a part of life. You just learn to be sore all the time. Like, you know, mm-hmm. there's just a little pain there and that's just the way life is now, <laughs> you know.
1: No, absolutely. Yeah, sure. I mean, now Josh J- um Josh I wanted to ask you, you know, being a little bit older, you know, I'm 44, you know, and uh our recovery time is not like it was when we're 20. Um do you find <laughs> yourself <laughs> is do you find yourself um you know, having to do different things now to recover, you know, from the sport? I mean, how long have you been pulling in the sport?
3: Well, So I started in uh, late 87, pulling in some of uh, Bill Cox's local tournaments up in the Massachusetts area. And I pulled in the 165-pound class for about four years, five years, give or take. Um, And then, you know, I went to college. I got distracted. And I basically took 20 years off in the sport and just came back, you know, a few years ago. And, you know, I'm in the 198s now, walk around around 205. So I had like a, you know, 22-year break. And honestly, I feel like uh there's two there's two things about that. One is I always whine about to John It's like, Man, I could have been world champion if I hadn't quit. But on the other mm-hmm. hand I might have been uh, you know, injured and out of the sport. And I actually feel like the years away has uh, my tendons still feel pretty fresh. I train like John does. We do two or three pulling sessions a week. And wow. I it's mostly slow it's mostly slow pulling though. We're not doing hits, you know, so we're mm-hmm. like sitting in the hook and just holding there in the center of the table until one of us can't hold on anymore. So it's, it's actually easier on the tendons than the typical kind of pin contest that some practices tend to be.
2: So I mm-hmm. feel like
3: doing that and focusing on that is keeping me relatively healthy. That being said, I did ding my uh, elbow tendon a year ago at one of the national tournaments, and, you know, it's still healing because, mm-hmm. like you, I'm also 44. I'm going to be 45 in July, and I feel like it takes everything that used to heal in a month takes a year now.
1: Yeah, yeah, and for me, it's the whole new tendon game, you know, because muscles, uh, you know, when I was bodybuilding, I knew what to do to recover that, but tendons, unfortunately, take forever. <laughs> it seems to heal. So, yeah, so uh, you know, talking about two or three times, you know, you guys practice, you know, do your training. I mean. Is that a lot of static holds, a lot of different angles? I mean, are you guys, like, if you're real sore, are you really going at it? I mean, what, what's, like, what's the kind of the moderation um, if you're in, like, a, a real sore stage in your training? Do you guys just do, like, um, whatever doesn't bother your arm? Or how, how do you guys get into your workouts that way?
3: I'll tell you, from for me, John does it a little differently for me. But, like, typically, the more sore I am, the more hooks I do. Okay. Because I feel like... uh that is like a really natural tight position now that I'm finally understanding what hooks really are about. And it's it's easier on my tendons because I'm not like trying to drill myself. I'm basically just holding my arm at one position and letting uh, my my training partner wear me out. Uh, Top roll, even though that's my primary technique in tournaments, I hardly do it at all in practice because I'm focusing so hard on developing the hook strength. So I feel like I have more endurance now in a hook position than I do with the bent wrist in the top roll.
1: Now, how, about, how about you, John? How does it work for you?
2: Uh, for me, I'll pull more than three times a week if I'm if it's available. I'll pull four, okay. even five, if I can. Uh, wow. And for me personally, I don't care. I'll go any direction as hard as I can. I don't care if it hurts. Okay. Uh, that being said, I am very mindful of other people. So if like somebody has you know my hook killing me, I won't hook them. Okay. Uh, but in, for me personally, I, even if I'm sore, I let whoever's pulling me know, yeah, whatever, it's fine. If it's bad enough, I'll let go. Uh, and I do also train ready-goes at any point in my training, uh, not just statics. But there are a lot of I grab a hold of somebody, especially if they're you know a, a few levels below me, grab a hold of, of somebody and let them pull until they can't pull anymore. So it's kind of like a slower burn. I got uh, you certainly helps with the endurance and it certainly does help with numbing up some of the, the pain that you're feeling in the first 15 minutes. That's for sure. So
1: with all this pulling table time, I mean, how much gym work are you guys putting in? We'll start with you, John. How much gym time are you putting in along with the arm wrestling?
2: Uh, very little. Uh, okay. There is that trade off for sure. If you feel like you're getting your, most of your power, uh, your gains of power from the gym, it can be very difficult to pull on the table a lot. Uh, when I started pulling on the table a lot, my, my strength on the table went up significantly, so I really didn't have a hard time letting go of the gym. Uh, but the more I pull, the more it just becomes about recovery and full range of motion with lighter weights. Uh, so you really don't need even the gym for that. You can just do that at home. So when I'm pulling a lot, which is, you know, basically all year long, uh, the gym is very, very limited for me, for sure. How about you, Josh?
3: Um, I try to do something every day, Craig. So I'll definitely do heavy lifting once a week, no matter how many times I pull, and the amount okay. of weight I lift will vary based on how tired I am, obviously. But and then the other days, I got a bunch of stuff in my basement, like everybody. So I'll go down there and I'll use. I got the country crush, you know. I have the uh, wrist wrench, so I try to I try to use both of those because I like the motions with them, and then I'll do some static holes and some other stuff. Rob has shown me. But I try to I try to at least go down there and get my arms warm every day doing something.
1: So more of a, kind of a rehab-type training just to get the tendons, some blood moving around, some new oxygen in there, new blood?
3: Yeah, like, you know, with the wrist wrench, I'll put it on the cable machine, and I'll do, you know, a lesser weight, you know, like 20 or 30 pounds, which is, you know, pretty light. And then I'll do, you know, 30 or 40 of those to get the blood flowing. And then I'll experiment going up a little bit higher. But I won't go crazy uh, more than once a week. I mean, I don't know. If, I feel like, you know, our age being what it is, Craig, doing one, you know, hard workout in combination with the cooling session is sufficient.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No. And, um, you know, <clears throat> Excuse me. John, I just want to ask you, man. You know, I had Tim on the show a couple times. Last time I had him on the show, we were talking about you because, you know, they were all disappointed that you were moving. And he was telling me a story when you, you first came there and you were just some little kid that, you know, you really didn't know how to arm wrestle. And they were like, man, is this guy ever going to get it? Blah, blah, blah. And then a few years <laughs> passed. And then all of a sudden you became sort of a mentor and a coach to guys like Tim. Um, you know, he speaks very highly of you. As like, you know, at his last event, I mean, you were right there in his corner. I mean, um, how did you pick up the game? I mean, is this just something that came natu- naturally to you? Or did you put a lot of time and effort into learning everything, um, you know, um, more so than the normal guy out there?
2: I would say, yeah, I, I put a lot more time than the, than your average arm wrestler, but I will say that when I first started, my power level, my my strength level was far below. I was not talented whatsoever in the strength ga- game. Uh, but what I did pick up fairly quickly on was the technique of the game. I, I, I learned how to arm wrestle with angles fairly quickly, and I, I think that, that did take off, and you know that was my natural ability. Uh, as far as power goes, zero. I had none. I, I had a lot of work to do uh, when it came to that. I don't think I won a match in the dungeon for the first two years I was there i wish that was an exaggeration (laughs) but uh, yeah i I spent a lot a lot of time uh studying the game really listening to people putting myself in uncomfortable situations in practice and uh a lot of times in you know in that new guy pain and still continuing through uh because when you don't whatever you don't have in, in any sport and especially in this sport where it's uh, you know, you, you get to practice so infrequently. You know, you can you can shoot free throws every day as a basketball player, but you can really, mm-hmm. for the most part, most guys can only pull 52 times a year. So it took a lot of extra homework of watching and, and learning and, and really pushing to get strong. Because if you don't have a certain part of this game, uh, it's going to take a long time to get it. But if you're just consistent with it, I think it'll always come, you know.
1: So, what what advice would you give to a new guy like that, you know, is going to practice and like you put two years? I mean, what was your motivation to to continue up showing week after week and getting your butt handed to you? It was did you just fall in love with the sport? I mean, what what was the reason behind you kept coming and coming and coming and you know just battling it out every week? What like what would you tell someone that's new to the sport that's going through the same thing?
2: Well, I. And what I do tell people that you know who have been arm wrestling for five months and they go, I don't feel like I'm getting any better. Uh, and I, I tell them, first of all, it's such a slow movement. There's, there's really no great way to gauge yourself how you're getting better or not because it's not like you, you don't pull 100 pounds one week and then pull 102 pounds at practice the next week. You're using other human beings. So it's difficult in that aspect. But what I do tell people is that you, you probably if you are behind as far as power goes and, and uh, the sport is kind of difficult for you but you do like it then really find something to love about the sport and time won't go by so slowly uh and for me it was the dungeon guys but they were so much fun to be around mm-hmm. uh you know i joked about it uh i think last week on the, on the podcast at one point that the one thing i missed the most and i told tim Bresnan this i talked to him a few days ago uh that the one thing i do miss the most about the dungeon is that you know that i don't get here is that nobody's mean to me here. You yeah. know, they're all yeah. so nice. That's a northern thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'll tell you, if you go to the dungeon, you know, you're hanging out around yeah. those guys enough, you'll wonder if those guys like you or not because <laughs> yeah. they're, they're pretty brutal. But <laughs> I just loved it about those guys, and, and that really kept me coming back every week for sure. So just find something that you love about the sport and focus on that, and then before you know it, a year's gone by, and you're a whole different guy. Well,
1: you know, and I got to say, I mean, you, you walk in there, you you start training with, like, the likes of Ron and, and Tim. I mean, these top-notch guys. I mean, you probably went in there and didn't even know, like, I mean, did you know these guys were superstars in the sport?
2: Uh, No, I thought Tim Breslin was a ref when I first started. That's <laughs> <not my son. laughs> the only thing I ever saw him do was ref. So I thought he was a ref. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, Ron, I didn't really know. But I, when I first started there, the main group was – uh, Tim, Ron, uh, Tim's son, Corey, who
3: uh-huh. was whipping
2: my ass when I was 15. When he was 15, he was killing me. Uh-huh. And then uh, Frank Hurst. So that that that's a pretty murderous row when it comes to uh-huh. just walking into support. But, yeah, I couldn't have learned from any better people, that's for sure.
1: Well, and then you guys picked up a bunch of other guys. I know Max Maxwell trains with you guys. I mean, another powerhouse out there. Yeah, yeah the Rhode Island guys were a great addition to that team, yeah.
3: And Philippe, watch out for Philippe. The kid's gonna be a beast, man.
1: So, um, you know, when you when you dis, when you moved, I mean, how, how did you feel like you were like losing out? Or, like, what was the mindset? I mean, how do you feel now? I mean, you, you're training with uh, who are you training with in with your Minnesota right now? Josh and those guys.
2: Yeah, I'm training with that group. Uh, there's a, it's a pretty decent sized group, and and luckily uh, their schedules don't always line up, so I get a great group of guys to train with all week long. Uh, I'll be honest with you, as far as moving away from Northeast, I was really looking forward to doing it because, you know, my life had become, uh, a bit stale, but the one thing that I really, really was bummed about was leaving the dungeon. It was a really hard thing for me to do. And it still is. I mean, I I miss those guys every, every week, but the training here is, is, is fantastic. I can't, I can't say it's not. But uh, it's just that certain, you know, combination of great pulling and and just you know, funny, fun guys. I do miss them quite a bit. But no, training here is great. I've, I have no complaints whatsoever.
1: Now, Josh, how about you? I mean, who who do you pull? Who do you get a chance to train with on a on a weekly basis? Who's your, who are the guys up there that you train with?
3: Well, when I first started, I was going to Jim Fitzsimmons' house, you know, and pulling with him and Norm Devio and Gabe Ricci. And those guys. And I still go to Fitz's house pretty much every Thursday, or at least every other Thursday. Um, and I train with RVJ a couple times a month, too, up at his house. And I do like to go down to Dungeon and up to Granite Arms once every couple of months just to spread it out. And we also have a small group that uh, trains here at my house in Boston on Sundays.
1: Okay. Yeah, we had a couple guys. Uh, Nick Hall, those guys came down from uh, Granite Arms, and we're at the Europa on Saturday. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they all yeah,
3: did well. yeah, yeah. They, they did. Nick's and, got a very tricky press, man. If you're not ready yeah, for him, smoke him.
1: Yeah, man. He, uh, he caught Todd King and came in second, I do believe, in the, the left hand. So, uh, and great bunch of guys. I, I went up to Nate's tournament, oh, yeah. and competed up there uh, a couple years ago, and uh, you know, got to meet Norm Devio. That guy's is just a savage beast. I mean, talk I about you know <laughs> starting the sport. I started arm wrestling when I was just turned 40, and then I see this guy in his 70s, and I think, well, maybe there's still Uh hope for me. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely,
3: there (laughs) is.
1: And it seems like, you know, all joking aside, it seems like, you know, it is kind of an older man sport. It seems like once you get into your 35s and 40s, if you're injury-free, the guys are coming into their own, you know. What do you guys think about that? I mean, how do you see it?
2: I 100% agree with that. Uh, I'm really, really looking forward to my forties because of that. To be honest with you, <laughs> it's a, it's a funny way of looking at things. I'm 30 myself. Uh, mm-hmm. and I really do feel like as far as power goes, especially, uh, I'm just scratching the surface. And I think it's a, you know, what you said was actually very key, which is staying healthy. I think, uh, more and more information needs to come out about how to stay healthy in a sport like this and how to recover properly. And, uh, like full range of motion, light, lighter work, lots of blood flow. In my opinion is fantastic for a recovery. And I wish I would have known it my first four years when I was in the sport, when my, uh, I wouldn't have had some of these elbow injuries and stuff where, you know, some of the joints don't work like they used to, uh, because I think I would have been even a little better than I am now and, you know, progressed a little quicker. But yeah, I, I absolutely think it's an, it's an older man's sport and, uh, you know, like you said, Norm start, You know, Norm's an older man, obviously. He started older, too. I'm not sure exactly how old he was.
3: Uh, he was in his
2: 40s. Yeah, he was in his yeah. 40s. Ron Clembo was in his 40s. Tim Bresnan was in his 40s. Uh, there's absolutely not only hope, but, you know, a bright, bright future for somebody who starts in their 40s in this sport, which is really awesome, I think.
3: I think <clears> that has a lot to do with uh, when you're younger, you tend to attack things more aggressively and be more physical mm-hmm. about it. and. Mm-hmm. As we age you'd believe most of us at least get a little bit less stupid and we don't train mm-hmm. quite as crazily and, and I do think that arm wrestling is a sport where you benefit more from a long range uh you know, method of training than trying to get explosive quickly. And I think younger guys tend to do the more explosive stuff and frankly I think they end up getting injured. And we're older, we're slower, we're mm-hmm. supposedly wiser, so I think we you know, I think that those methods of training help us. And, and you know, John, yeah, supposedly.
1: Go ahead. Go ahead.
3: Sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say, uh, you know, there there is the you know, the old wives tale which is the strength is the last thing you lose. And of mm. course this is a strength sport, so
1: it's good to know. But uh you know, Josh, you made a good point earlier when you're talking about how you took some time off and you could have been a world champion. You know, when I got in the sport you know, the first tournament I pulled, I felt in such, in love with the sport, the people, I mean, the training, and then as I evolved into the training side and and got out of, like, you know, my old style of bodybuilding sort of training, more, you know, committed to arm wrestling, and I just fell in love with the sport, and I was saying, you know, I'd always say, man, I wish I was picked up the sport when I was 25 or, you know, when I was younger, because, you know, we all arm wrestled when we were kids and stuff, and I'm like, man, this would have been awesome, but, you know, you make a good point, because I think that... Now that, you know, the tendons are fresh, less injuries, as long as you're smart. Um, and, you know, I, I still feel like I'm 21 sometimes. But I've never been that guy in the gym that, you know, like you guys were talking to RVJ, RVJ earlier and about Trubin lifting the 140-pound dumbbell. Like, I know that I can't do that, so I just don't bother trying. So it's like that, that, that question is already answered. I mean, yes, it's impressive, but... You know, I'm a more of a repetition type of guy, but, you know, so I'm not going down in my underwear down in the dungeon, checking out, going, man, can I lift this weight? Because, you know, I already know that I'm using 80 pounds, what they normally do that lift, so, so I'm safe to say. But, you know, it's, it's using your head, being smarter, better nutrition, you know, getting some rest and uh, being able to kind of evolve into the sport. Like uh, Norm, like a Rich Lupke's, um, you know, Michael Gould, some of the guys that are, you know, almost, you know, in their 50s, you know, so, you know, that's a good, good point you made, you know, off the training and off the arm wrestling background. Now we got you guys, you know, people know who you are. I mean, you know, before the show anyway, but I want to talk about some of the stuff that's going on in arm wrestling in general. Like we got WAL regionals coming up next month, a lot of controversy You know, we've been talking about on the show for a couple weeks now um, with contracts in the sport, television, uh, you know, making the sport bigger, but all of a sudden it kind of separates us from different leagues and who goes where. And, you know, kind of RVJ was giving uh, John kind of a little rough time about maybe going to the PAL or everybody's jumping ship here and there. And, um, you know, do you think with – you know, the contracts, um, in the sport. And we'll start with you, John. Um, do you think that kind of hinders the sport? Do you think it benefits the sport? I mean, you know, separation with the different leagues and then you get people back and forth some negativity going here. WAL is this, PAL is this, you know, UAL is kind of history now, but you know, they're back and forth here. I mean, What's your opinions on the contracts himself as far as not being able to pull in different leagues?
2: I don't, I don't like it. And, and, and really the main reason is I don't like it is because I don't like it if you're not going to make it really, really worth it to the athlete. And it's really difficult to do that in a sport like this where it's not really taken off yet. And it's understandable that it's not really doable yet. I don't think anybody has a real big problem with that but when you start limiting people's ability to compete and get better um, because of basically you just want to be the biggest gun in town it's, kind of, it's, it's a little frustrating because uh, you know, everybody has this dream of course, they want to be a professional arm wrestler. Well of course you do because it's fun and you, know, you, you, you might even be good at it depending on who you are but when you sell this dream of uh, being that to a guy who's been in the sport for a year and a half and he's an average dude, which is nothing wrong with any of that. But when you sell that dream to a guy and you lock him down for however long of a amount of time and give him really nothing other than you can get on TV if you do this and that, it's kind of I don't I don't know it, it doesn't it doesn't feel good I, it doesn't feel good because the sport's just not there yet. And we're all okay with it not being there yet. But, it, it yeah, it, I don't think it's a great thing to be uh, limiting any options in arm wrestling right now because nobody's quite cracked it yet. I think until somebody cracks it, you know, it really opens up the floodgates and things are really working, like maybe like somewhat like CrossFit, where CrossFit was a smaller thing for a long time, and
3: mm-hmm.
2: then it kept steam, and everybody knows what CrossFit is now. You yeah. might never you may have never done it, but everybody knows what CrossFit is. You know, mm-hmm. if it becomes something like that, I would totally understand why you'd want to, you know, say, you're going to do it with us and you're going to do it for us, and this is what we're going to do for you. But until there's like that clear-cut uh, second half of the relationship, which is this is what we're going to do for you, it's kind of hard to have a contract for somebody. To know.
1: Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. How
2: about you, Josh? What's your point? I
3: think that um, contracts are a sign of professionalism in a sport, and as John said, professionalism comes with money. Mm-hmm. You're going to restrict people's ability to perform in other tournaments, and you have to pay them. You have to give them salaries that are, that are mm-hmm. going to make it worth their while, again, as John said. I think PAL's version of a contract, which is you have to wear our shirt, You have to represent our brand at this tournament on this day. I think that's an intelligent way to do it because where we are right now, a very, very small percentage of people are making any money, never mind enough money to pay their bills. But Mm -hmm. it is reasonable for them to expect you to support their brand, especially if they're televising it. I think WEL could do something similar, and they'd get a lot more people because they have huge money, and they do the tournament format, which a lot of people prefer. And the big names that are currently not doing their events are primarily not doing them one, because they don't like the starts, and two, because they don't like the contracts. And I think most of them, it's because of the contracts. If they altered it to do something similar as PAL does, which is, you know, your contract is where our stuff to represent our brand during this tournament, say from regionals through finals, you can't be on TV. I think people would be fine with that. But to do it for a year or two years past the end of the tournament in my opinion is asinine because you're not as John said, you're not giving them anything for that. You're mm-hmm. just restricting them without providing any benefits. Yeah,
1: and the frustrating is you know the thing too is like I'm also a big fan of arm wrestling, so I, I would like to see the matches with uh, uh Dave Chafee um pulling Dennis or, you know, um you know Jerry Cataract coming over and pulling Michael Todd, whatever the matchups are with the best of the best. Um, Just using those guys as examples And then it kind of gets You know Drifted away that you're never going to be able to see Devin Larratt pull um, You know one of the top uh, You know guys from um, overseas In the PAL um, Because of these You know contracts um, and, And a lot of them are for the elite guys of course When you go to the regionals I guess they change the contracts up a little bit That when you go to the regionals If you qualify for the finals, that's when you basically have to to sign the um, what's called the merchant profit sharing agreement. So, uh, you know, but you know, those are the best of the best that are going to be signing that, and then they are kind of locked in. So, it gets kind of frustrating. I like the way uh, Igor has it, and um, you know, just you know, speaking of that, you guys had a question out there. A lot of people talking about, and I agree with RVJ. I mean, the guys that are winning tournaments are going to agree that, yeah, I like pulling tournament events and yada, yada, yada. But, I mean, what's your view yourself, personally? If you guys were offered, you know, a couple thousand dollars to pull a guy, say, John Brown, you know, you get a guy that's, you know, in your league, <laughs> you get an opportunity to pull him, say, name a guy you like to pull right now that that's in your weight class that's interesting for you to pull.
2: Uh, You know, honestly, like, Left-handed I've always Yeah Just from Just from uh Just from stories About hearing the guy You know I wouldn't I would really like To pull Yanis uh, and Mullins
1: Okay so Yanis You and Yanis Has got a super match For $3,000 Guaranteed I mean Is that going to Pump you up More than Maybe you're going to Meet Yanis In this WAL tournament Sure yeah definitely. Okay Josh, Yeah, I would let me say, ask Go ahead John yeah. Finish off
2: well, what I was going to say is, you know, in a way, because I didn't really get to touch base too much with Rob on that because he was on a roll, I didn't want to stop him. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I, I viewed that question almost like, what's your favorite technique? You know, and I'm, I'm a guy who's a very well-versed arm wrestler. I love to I love the hook. I love top roll, I love to go in and out of both of them. I love to be able to do all that stuff. And to be honest with you, I think a tournament versus a one-on-one, they bring very different kind of excitement. I don't Absolutely. think, for me personally, like the idea of, me and Clemba used to talk about this all the time. Going to a tournament and just seeing 20 dead carcasses around you going, yep, I stood on top of this thing. And I, you know, these 20 guys came through and not one of them could stop me. That always felt great. But I got to be honest with you, the idea of just having one guy to focus on and going, this is what I need. This is what I don't need. You know, this is what I'm, I'm going to focus on with 100% of my ability for two months or whatever. You know, that's very exciting, too. I I just think it's – I don't know if they're any more or less. I think they're just completely different, you know.
1: And I was just going to say, even if you're not, you know, pulling for money because we've all pulled for trophies, we've all traveled and spent our own money, you know what I mean? Um, The thing is, is all of a sudden you're guaranteed a few thousand dollars to go pull, And now, I mean, it's now you're kind of feeling like you're part of a league instead of going to a lottery where, you know, it's funny how they sell it at the WAL when it was $20,000. But I mean, realistically, if some guy like a guy like me, I'm not going to be going there thinking, hey, you know what, 20 grand's a possibility. Uh, I'm not even thinking top 10 is, you know what I mean? So it's kind of a lottery um, more so, at least this way You're guaranteed a payday exposure And you're concentrating on One opponent um, And then, you know, maybe get on to Another opponent as you progress Like the PAL's doing with uh, These Vendetta series Along with belts and, you know, having all these American arm Fighter uh, Tournaments and stuff like that I mean, Josh, what do you think of all this?
3: Personally I love tournaments and I get a great amount of enjoyment out of them, but I, I would love to do a series of super matches with people like Sheldrick and Bill Sinks and stuff like that and the other guys, other, you know, powerhouses in 198, just in the Northeast region because there's so many mm-hmm. of them. You know, because then I feel like, all right, if I can start picking those guys off one by one, then I feel like I'm progressing. The tournaments I love, but I don't consider them to be as true an indicator of my skill level. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because absolutely. R V J was saying, you know, you know, you could you get a draw, you have a war, a couple guys, boom, 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 you're fresh and you gotta come up the B side and you know, have uh wars with these guys and then the next guy, you know, all of a sudden you're on wrestle some guy that, you know, is a fresh Travis versus Dave. You know what I mean? And Dave's beat up yeah. by the time he gets to the table, he wins, you know, is it really uh, is it really a fresh on fresh sort of matchup? And I know that's the, you know, that's the variables and tournament pulling, but when you guys got got fresh on fresh, like we just saw, you know, everybody thought Michael Todd is the greatest arm wrestle in the world, blah, blah, blah. And Trubin had showed that, you know, you can beat that move if you just Mm -hmm. have a game plan, you know, so.
2: Right. Um, Well, I'll be honest too. Like I think people should have been watching uh, Devin Michael Todd years yep. before that I think yep. he put on a master class on how to do it and I think mm-hmm. Trubin just recreated it you know I I was very impressed by Trubin's uh table smarts he's not just a very strong young man he's a uh he's a great armor well,
1: and absolutely you were there I mean what did you think of that whole whole matchup I mean was that something that surprised you that he beat Michael um convincingly like that i mean you know michael's never lost a sixth round i mean he was going undefeated up until you know i think the last person was devin that beat him i mean you had a three or four year winning streak i mean what was your perception of that whole event going down
2: uh well as far as that particular match went uh me and tim and christian benny talked about it me and james retaritas we talked about it quite a bit and um I really thought that Trubin could win early on and then mm-hmm. the possibility of him getting burnt out just from the sheer amount of work it takes to get Michael there uh, might be tough over six. And then I believe Trubin won two or three and then Michael won one. Mm-hmm. And I thought, eh, maybe I might be, I fear I'm right for Dimitri. And mm-hmm. then the, just turned it on again. You know, he just got out of position one time. He really co- recollected himself and the next match, he made it happen again. So, um, yeah, I was definitely, you know, wrong in my, my assessment of it. Uh, but yeah, I thought, I thought Dimitri had the tools because I had seen him top row before. I knew he had a really great hand and I had seen him get behind his shoulder and press. And that is, a, that is basically, you need that from that for Michael Todd's move. And you also, you're going to need that for Crazy George's move, which as a 176, 165 yeah. pound four, I thought about for the last you know, years yeah, of my career. So what yeah. would I ever do if I grabbed a hole of that monster? <laughs> uh, you know, he has that. So I had a feeling like, if you know, he, I think he can beat him. I just didn't know if he could do it over six. But yeah, it was a, it was a really great match.
1: Josh, how did you, uh, what was your reaction to that whole outcome?
3: I actually was pretty confident uh that Michael Todd was going to win. So I was mm-hmm. surprised. Like uh I was impressed by uh Trubin in the push car match, but you know, you'd never know what to make of that. And Trubin progressed so quickly and I mean in a relatively fast period of time, so I I didn't think he was going to uh have the horsepower, frankly, and for that to deal with that move and I was but after the first match I was like, uh oh mm. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and I said this I said the same thing with um Tim Bresnan and Volveda. And I was talking to everybody, I was like, I I wanna see what the what happens in the first match and when Tim stalled him out immediately up front, up top, I was like this I was like, he's gonna win. You know, because Volveda's not stronger than him. Tim's stronger than Voveda, so he's gonna pull it out. And it was exactly the opposite with Michael Todd. I really felt that Mike was gonna be stronger. Uh, and Trubin was very impressive. And I think his technique was awesome. It was, you know, interesting. He was diverse. He pulled out all different kinds of stuff. He wasn't afraid to try things. And I I just think that's, it's rare, to be honest with you. I'm so used to seeing people pull one style, one style, one style. It says a lot about him and the future that he has. I mean, he has so many strong moves. He's going to be a hell of an out for anybody.
1: No, absolutely and speaking of Alexi Valvoda coming back I mean All the people out there you know Were like oh you know Alexi Great arm wrestle great for the sports come back You know social media blown up Tim doesn't have a chance blah 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 And uh, You know I don't I just couldn't understand How people could say that with Tim You know in the Prime of his game right now No time off yeah he's had a couple health Issues but I mean he's been Dominating I mean John, when you were getting ready for that match with Tim, I mean, what were you thinking? I mean, what were you thinking as you got into this match, getting progressed for this, pro- progressing for this matchup, preparing? What, what were you thinking?
2: Um, well, we had a really solid game plan. Uh, from the beginning, we really, I really was very honest with Tim. And, you know, Tim's very good at taking people's hand. And I told him, I don't know if he can take his hand, but I know he can't take yours. I think it's probably going to go inside. So we were very, very prepared for being able to hook and keeping, trying to keep uh, Vovoda basically on his bicep, so basically seeing his palm. Uh, and what people might not know, and I think most people do, is that that match got started and canceled a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. So no, we... there was quite a window. There Probably a good eight-month window, between where he was supposed to pull and we actually did. And I got asked maybe, I don't know, roughly a million times. What I thought <laughs> and I really just told people, you know, I don't think Vovoda is going to like it because Vovoda is phenomenal at taking hands also. And he's mm-hmm. not going to be able to with Tim's hand. And very few people can deal with Tim's hand. And uh, I thought the one thing I did, what I did fear was that Tim would burn out. And mm-hmm. not because Tim's not a great polar who doesn't have good endurance, because he does, but just because of Bovota is a—he is an Olympic level athlete. I mean, this guy mm-hmm. is incredible human. He, it's just a species. It's a specimen for the human, you know, being. And mm-hmm. I was very shocked to see that Tim actually had more endurance than Bovota did. Vovoto was very uncomfortable the entire time, which was, you know, like not not uncomfortable as far as power strength goes, which he was, but. He was very uncomfortable, as in he was very out of breath. He was very winded, and Tim really wasn't that bad. So that's the only part that really did shock me about that match. I did expect him to win. Of course, I trained, you know, I trained with him. He's my, he's my guy. But uh, realistically, I expected him to win, too. I, I, I really thought that just stylistically it was going to be a, a hard day for Alexi. I was
3: also surprised at how agitated he got relatively quickly. Again, as an Olympic athlete, I expect him to be able to maintain his calm. You know, that one elbow foul he was arguing about, and he wouldn't let it go, he wouldn't let it go. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, Tim really got in his head, and he he was done. I mean, when I saw him arguing that elbow foul like that, I was like, "There's, there's no way he's coming back from this. Tim's already got him.
1: No, absolutely. You know, me and Chandler were talking about that. He was like, man, I... You know, we were showing him on the video, and he just, you know, couldn't understand. But, yeah, I think, uh, like you said, Tim got in his head. Do you think because, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of athlete you are, if you're away from the table like that and not competing, I mean, you know, Tim was all over, you know, overseas, pulling in the Nimroffs, pulling in some of these big events, pulling in the WAL events. I mean, do you think when you have that table time or – Sorry, the the co- competition of not being on the table. Do you think that was maybe one of the factors going into the matchup?
3: I think he underestimated Tim. To be honest with you, okay. I think he, I think he, I think if you had gone one level down from Tim, he would have won. But I think he thought, all right, yeah, Tim's not really that good. I think I can take him out. you I mean, totally underestimate him. I think a lot of people do that with Tim, which is a major mistake. Tim's not afraid to jump into extremely challenging tournaments, and you know sometimes he doesn't do as well in those as he does in the super matches. I mean he's had amazing success in both of them, but I mean he's he has shown a really amazing proficiency in super matches in the last couple of years. And you would have thought Alexi would see that and be like, maybe this is not the guy that I want to start with. I really you know he's he's picked on a top ten guy in the world, first match out. And I, I feel like that's a mistake. You know, he has, as you pointed out, he was gone quite a while. You don't just jump mm-hmm. back in no matter how much training you've done or how many times you pulled Dennis Seifinkov for fun in, in practice. It's not the same. Yeah, you don't have the no. same adrenaline. You don't have the same mental status. And you sure as hell are not practicing with Tim Breslin. See, as as uh, John <coughs> pointed out, Tim is known for his hamstring, as is Alexei. So wh- why would you pick that guy to start back with?
1: Yeah, because when I talked to Tim, you know, a couple of weeks before that match, I told him, I go, do you think that they're acting like, you know, they're going to use you as a stepping stone? And he was like, that, you know, he's not a stepping stone, quite obviously. And, yeah. you know, and yeah. I totally agree with that. I mean, but, you know, John, do you think, you know, with Alexi being off the table, you know, had something to do with, you know, the performance as well? Because the endurance, like you said, just wasn't there.
2: Yeah, I think, um, what's really strange about arm wrestling is that endurance is a strange word in the sport because you can take somebody like Josh, for example, who I mean, Josh will run hundred miles and then arm wrestle you and be, not be tired at all. Mm-hmm. And I can't run 20 feet without yeah. being just going to die if I do. That. So and, uh, on the table, and Josh has good endurance, but I have probably a little bit better endurance. And it's mm-hmm. because the, as far as the table goes, it's almost like having endurance while you're holding your breath. It's really a strange kind of muscular endurance. And the fact is that when you you, you take somebody who had 10 years of training in six months, you know, 10 years and six months of training, then you take somebody who had six months of training, mm-hmm. you know, cardiovascular endurance is probably, you know, leagues above. Oh. Him, but it's not pulling endurance. It's mm-hmm. different. So, I mean... You know, I, I think that probably has a lot to do with it. I also really believe, too, and this is a really good credit to, to Alexi, is that Alexi Vovoda hasn't struggled on the arm wrestling table in a competition since mm-hmm. 2003. Yeah. In his mind, he's, nobody's been able to move his arm one inch in 13 years. Right. So, right. I, I mean, that's just an uncomfortable place to be anyway once somebody finally stopped that. So, I mean, I think a lot of factors have to do with it, but I think those two are probably the biggest. I think if he would have been a little more comfortable uh, having to be a little more defensive, I think he would have had a better chance. And I also think Alexi should absolutely come back and pull because I think he could make some phenomenal matches out of most anybody. Just because you came back and you lost to Tim Bresnan does not mean you shouldn't be pulling anymore, vote. You should absolutely uh,
1: be absolutely. pulling. Absolutely. Yeah. I, think no, I I agree. I
2: you know, talking about endurance, I mean, give
1: us, you know, some our listeners out there, you know, especially some of the novice guys, how would you train to have that arm wrestling endurance? Is that just something about getting more table time in? I mean, doing holes, what what would you suggest, John? We'll start with you on building uh, up endurance for arm wrestling.
2: Yeah, I think over the last couple of years uh, in particular, I've become more known for endurance. Uh, and I really do believe, the more you pull, the better your endurance gets. But I really do also believe that, you know, you see a lot of people in practices, they go up to the table, they pull a few times and they start to lose. And that's when they start walking away. It's like, Oh, he's starting to beat me. I got to walk away. And even if they were pretty dominant the last six times, they pulled that one guy, you know, they, they pull for a seventh time and then they start having trouble. They walk away. And I think that's a huge mistake. I think that you should really fight through that and find another direction, find another lane. I do also believe that you should be doing a lot of intentional, long matches. Me and Columba used to battle for a minute and a half at a time, and that's not at all an exaggeration. Mm -hmm. We would get into wars because that guy has better endurance than I do. So I, I really just do think that the best way to get really good at pulling long, long matches is by pulling really long matches in practice. Uh, I, th- I think static holds and stuff like that do help, but I do I don't think that they uh, they replicate uh, being on the table and having the same kind of endurance. But yeah, I think really just loving the sport has really brought on my uh, my ability to pull for a long time. And learn to breathe, breathe, yeah.
1: guys. <laughs> yeah.
2: How about you, Josh?
1: What's your tip on that?
3: I'm in complete agreement with John. I mean, I feel like. Uh, Since I started pulling more than once a week, my endurance has doubled and then tripled. John's is still better than me for the record, but Uh typically now, you know, I go to practice, I still get beat by, you know, Fitzy and Chris Burns and those guys, but I don't wear out before them. I can usually pull longer than most people, not everybody, but certainly a lot more people than I I used to be able to pull uh, with. And and I'll have endurance, you know, to pull the next day or two days later without a a really – without much of the decrease in the strength level. So I don't think there's any substitute for table time in terms of endurance in matches.
1: So you heard it here, guys. It's all about table time, table time, table time, table time. Table time. So. So, um, so this week, um, you guys talked about it earlier. I kind of wanted to just briefly talk about it. I don't want to beat a horse to death, but um, – uh-oh. a lot of a lot yeah this is john's favorite subject i can tell already oh no
3: there <laughs> we go awesome
1: but i know and I, I don't want to beat a dead horse but i mean yeah. you know i know luke Kent is frustrated i have talked to luke a couple years ago and we were going over you know maybe a nutrition plan so he could gain some weight and and get a little stronger and i know the guy you know totally against any enhancements um you know and you know and i respect people for whatever they want to do. You know what I mean? It's none of my business. If people want to do whatever, that's fine. But um, did you think it was kind of harsh, you know, for him to like, you know, basically wish people to die because they were taking some, um, some hormones and arm wrestling? I mean, we've been in strength sports. We've been in sports, I mean, since day one. I mean, it's never been a level playing field in any sport out there. And, um, you know, to come off with a statement like that, do you think that was kind of harsh or do you think that was just coming from someone that was uh, real frustrated? I mean, Luke is still a top dog in the sport. It was wondering if, uh, if it was directed to the people that were beating him or, you know, I just uh, I was wondering what's your opinion on the, uh, the way it was presented on social media? And we'll start with you, uh, Josh, because I know you like this subject.
3: Yeah, I think, you know, people, especially on Facebook, you see how those threads go. They usually start out somewhat civil and immediately deteriorate to people bringing up Hitler and everything else. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I think I completely agree with Luke that it's bullshit, that steroids are like semi-accepted. I mean, the fact of the matter is it's freaking illegal. It's against the law. So before we go anywhere else, it's not legal to take them without a doctor's prescription. And that's mm-hmm. step one. So then, the, the usefulness in a sport or the legality in the sport is secondary to the fact that they are in fact illegal. So there's really no leg to stand on. Yes, a lot of people do it, and a lot of them are not ashamed about it, which I appreciate. I like people that are honest about what they do, mm-hmm. and like you, Craig. I definitely mm-hmm. respect people that come on and say, "Yeah, I use them. That's the decision I made." Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm not gonna. I don't. I don't judge them for it. I do. I do. You know, minimize my respect level for them because I see people like RBJ is a perfect example. He's at the top of the sport, top of his weight class worldwide. He's he's adamantly against drug use. He's probably one of the the strongest pound for pound natural uh, arm muscles out there. And but he still has to deal with the fact that he knows he's going to go into a situation with other people that are chemically enhanced. And you know, everybody's name gets thrown out. Who knows who's really doing it? Some people admit it. Some people don't. So rather than, you know, casting around accusations. I just think that, you know, I don't buy the arguments that people make about using it. I understand why they do it. I've been frustrated about not being able to get better. You know, some mm-hmm. people decide to, to use them. Some people don't. But Luke, as you said, he's he's right up there. And for him, if he has information about some people that he competes with regularly, deciding to start using and then, you know, him not being able to beat them anymore, it's got to be incredibly frustrating. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's a good thing to say that you, should, you wish people to die for any reason. Mm-hmm. I don't care what's going on. You shouldn't, you shouldn't say things like that. And, yes, our emotions all get the better of us from time to time, and I think it was primarily that. But I do agree with you, Craig. It's, it's over the top. You know, I think you can disagree mm-hmm. with people, and, and the people that use and are open about it, they should have thick enough skin to deal with people like me saying, well, I disagree. I don't think you should do it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. How about you, Mr. Brown? What's your opinion?
2: Yeah, I'd say it was probably just more. I mean, I've talked to Luke myself many times, and uh, you know that that statement was basically the exact opposite of the guy that I know. You know. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So I think it was probably just most likely just you know an emotional response that should have never been typed out. And I'm sure if enough time goes by, we'll feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely am not. For you know, drug use, obviously, as, as you can tell, it's my, my favorite subject. Uh, you know, <laughs> my own personal reasons maybe are different than other people's. Uh, Absolutely. Because I'm a I'm a recovering alcoholic and drug addict. I don't mm-hmm. think that would be a big combination of my personality. <laughs> but um, yeah. uh, above that, you know, I also learned that there's a lot of things in life that I have zero control over. And it's certainly of other people, I cannot control that. So mm-hmm. I choose to be in a strength sport. And I also choose to know and accept that I cannot control other people's actions. So I'm going to do the best I can with what I have. Uh, I've been accused of being on because of how often I train. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel good. I don't like that accusation. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's, it's always going to be there. You know, Drugs are always going to be there in every form. Um, and it is frustrating because I've been on the other side of that where there has been somebody who I was able to control and handle fine. And then and within a year, because of enhancements that I've known about, I wasn't able to. So I, I have seen it happen. It is frustrating. But, again, I mean, the, the only really – unfortunately, in life in general, when it comes to controlling things, my only option if I can't accept that is I quit. And I'm mm-hmm. not going to do that. So – Yeah, I mean, I I think he, you know, if you ask Luke about it, he'd probably say it was an emotional response that probably could have been worded a tad better. (laughs) But yeah, I I, I think that was a little bit harsh. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I just, I mean, me personally, I just don't, you know, it doesn't enter my mind, I guess, like, you know, I'll give an example this weekend, I lost to a guy easily was beating six months ago. And, you know, the, the, the first thing I thought was, wow, he must be training hard. I didn't think that he was taking drugs and got stronger. Like, you know what I mean? So, my mindset, I guess, is a little different from everybody else's. Um, you know, as far as uh, you know, jumping the gun on that. I mean, because I've you know I've been in a sport you know which was full of drugs with bodybuilding and you know and, and what I like about arm wrestling is to be honest with you, like I don't think you know drugs play like help that much if you don't know how to arm wrestle. You know what I mean? You can be the strongest guy out there, but if you're not skillful enough, technical wise. I mean, I could take all the drugs in the world till I learn how to arm wrestle correctly. I don't really think I'm going to be that great. You know what I mean? That's just my opinion. But the thing is, that. is like when I lose to someone, I do not think the first thing does not cross my mind that that guy must be on some gear now. I just think that maybe he's training better um you know i also had some health issues going into the tournament so every like there's a lot of things that i might kind of put together because after you lose you're kind of like ah what could i've done better or you know this or that or but i just never was that guy that would come out and say hey well that guy must be taking juice now you know what i mean like so yeah but i can understand people being frustrated and you know Sure enough. I mean, I, I've been there with bodybuilding where, you know, I didn't want to play that game where, you know, I, I wanted to, you know, I didn't want to play that game. So that's why I retired out of the sport because I didn't want to, you know, die trying to train my, you know, and I myself, I'm in recovery too. And, uh, you know, the thing is, is, uh, that's something that I got to be careful with. Um, for me now, it's more of a therapeutical thing because of the things I did when I was younger. But the problem is, is when people are out there abusing stuff and they're, you know, there's guys out there that are like, you know, you can only be a champion if you take drugs and stuff like that. That's totally misconstrued. Yeah, you know that, what I mean? That, so,
2: that, that, for the most part, in my opinion, is taking responsibility off the person who's saying they can't do it. And yeah. it, doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that you'll, you'll be able to ever do it. You may not. Like Tim yeah. Bresnan was very – he said to me once, and it was really perfect. Uh, he said, you know, you can work – I can tell you exactly how to do all this. and You can work as hard as you ever want to. It doesn't mean you're ever going to be a champion. You yep. can, it, it's not a, it's not hard work and doing the right things. are not a guarantee for anything in any part no. of your life. No. You're, right. No, but, you're right. You're no, right. No, and, and really by just, you know, taking the responsibility completely off of yourself by saying that guy, it was because of that guy's actions. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my mindset of going into any tournament or any match or anything is I don't care what that guy, if I don't care if that guy's on whatever, Yeah. I'm going to win. You know, you yeah. have to have that that mentality Mm -hmm. because it's really going to count. You're really going to need it when when you're not talking about like, you know, you know, just a, a, a county tournament someday when you really got to the point where you, you've always kind of dreamed of being at where there's a bigger stage, there's things on the line. You're going to have to have the mentality of, I don't care who's on the other side of the Mm -hmm. table. I don't even see his face. He's just saying
1: to me. And you know some people will do whatever it takes to win, you know, that's their mentality and you know if you take steroids off the issue, I know guys that abuse pain pills to go through tournaments because they're so in so much pain. Um right. you know, I know guys that take stimulants like Adderall, cocaine, you know what I mean? So, you know, there's always something that someone thinks that they have to do to have this edge. So you know, and, and and that's the way it's going to be forever. I mean, it's like if I was studying for, to become a doctor and, and the guy that h- scored higher than me was studying because he was taking Adderall and he was up all night and I was just doing it naturally. I mean, I can't control what other people are doing. I can only do what I can do and be the best at what I can be at. And whatever the other guy chooses to do, so be it. But for me, I just got to keep my, you know, just – to keep focused and keep training and and just keep working towards being better at something. And like you said, it doesn't matter, you know, not everybody's going to be an elite arm wrestler, you know, it's just one of those things where I personally think it's a lot to do with genetics, you know?
3: Sure.
2: Well, there's definitely a part of that too. Uh, I I know for myself, like I've had the genetics talk before, you know, and I really believe that genetics don't just only play physically, but I think they play mentally also. Yeah, absolutely. I think some people are genetically maybe more geared towards the, the math equation that is technique, you know, yep. cause that's really what it becomes about those angles, those, the geometry. And also the mindset of, again, I'm going to walk up to that table. I'm not even ever going to see my opponent's face.
3: Mm-hmm. It doesn't
2: matter to me. It's just a hand that I'm going to, it's going to go straight sideways as soon as that ref please just say go, mm-hmm. you know, that, that is something that you can absolutely develop, but some people have it right out of the gate
1: absolutely and you're right man it's like i don't have that you know you could tell me 30 times how to put back pressure and go to the side and do this and maybe the 35 times that i'll finally catch it and then i'll be in a tournament and i totally won't you know so for me that whole technical side's taking me a little bit longer to pick up where a guy like you or we got a kid down here he's You know, his name is Chance Shaw. He's 17 years old. I mean, the kid's just got phenomenal technique. I mean, and doesn't lift weights. And I I get to train with the kid, and, you know, he just got – he just picked up, you know, the sport like it was just like he was born with it. And that's where you see, you know, yeah, he's awesome. And that's where you see, like, the genetic technical side of it, where you could watch a match. Like, you could watch a match and break it down, and I would be like – wow, that guy was just stronger than the other guy, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, 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 totally. You know, and that's, I think that's just the difference with uh, with a lot of guys out there. And, you know, I just think that, you know, I wish there was a level playing field, you know, and unfortunately in sports today it, it sucks. And, you know, I think we're always going to have that battle. But uh, if you can look past that, I think um, just training and doing whatever you can possibly do to – to be better at the sport, and even if you don't win, I think the the journey is pretty incredible, too, because you get to meet some really great guys, and you get to train with some really good people, and I'm sure when you watched Tim win, you felt like a part of that was you, because you were a part of that camp. Oh, I, felt
2: like, I kind of felt like all of it was me. I don't want to take too much credit, but I do think like 99.9% of it was. But No, I I totally agree with you, and the uh, the idea of like, you know, if you were to make an analogy of it, that maybe you know, like you know, where there's a doorway, it may be like steroids is keeping that door closed for you as far as like progressing to the next the next room or the next level. As far as my my mindset is, I'm not gonna let I'm not gonna wait for anybody to open that door. I'm gonna kick it in, man. i gonna go through it, yep. it. It might never happen. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to happen. I'm gonna do everything in my power to make it happen because I just don't care. I can't control. The only thing that can control is me. So exactly,
1: exactly. I do think
2: it's it's definitely a mindset game for
1: sure. No, you're right. You know, absolutely, man. Absolutely. So before I let you go, Josh, what's next for you, man? When can we see you next on the table? You got, what do you got, the uh, Nationals coming up here shortly?
3: Yeah, I'm going to Atlantic City next week. I'm going to okay. probably stick to the Masters class and see if I can qualify for Worlds. Um, but that's, you know, an, an annoying issue, Craig, which someday I'd love to talk to you more about. the fact. Oh, no, for sure. Nationals. No, i love I love to uh, and, uh but oh. yeah, I'm going I'm going to that one and then after that I'm not sure what I probably I'm definitely going to go down and watch the Vendetta in July and Rhode Island and uh that's Very probably cool. the next two places I'm going.
1: John, what's next for you? I know no WAL PAL something interesting there for you or is there something that's in the works that we can't talk about?
2: Yeah, there's uh something in the works that I can't really talk about yet. That's what I, I thought. Can't that's wait. what I thought. <laughs> I think you probably know exactly what I'm
1: talking yeah, about. Yeah, uh, yes, that's all good. <laughs> really can't,
2: wait, yeah, really can't wait to talk about it and get get it done. But uh, until then, I'm just basically just train, 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 train. You know, just you know, just keep rolling that ball forward as you know as best I can.
1: Awesome, awesome. Well,
2: guys, it was great having you on the show, man.
1: Thanks for uh, starting a new show. It's awesome. I hope you guys keep going with it. Uh, I'm really enjoying all these uh, new episodes. And, you know, for me personally, it gives me an opportunity to see, you know, I've interviewed all the guys in the sport. I get to see another interview, someone else interview, and ask them different questions. And uh, it's nice to be able to see that. So I really appreciate you guys' show. I know a lot of other people out there do, too. So, you know, keep it real like you guys are doing. And I I, I noticed tonight you uh, dealt with the technical difficulties pretty good, John. On. I mean live TV, live radio can really bite you in the ass sometimes but uh
2: <laughs> Yeah, we were, just, we, were just too, cause we were talking right before it went on. I'm like, yeah, it's been pretty pretty smooth so far. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, well, that's, that's going to happen, but that's uh, yeah. that's the way it is. So, well guys, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you and know, uh best of luck to you guys, and I'm looking forward to uh to watching some more shows, man.
3: Awesome, man. Craig, thanks very much, man. We're just following in your footsteps, <laughs> brother. you put on great stuff it. for a long time. You're very much appreciated.
2: And honestly, Amen. Craig, we, we are d- definitely going to uh, set up a day for you to come on. Also. Oh, I'd love
1: just to, man. It'd be an honor. Yes, anytime, yeah. man. Thanks. Appreciate it, guys. Right. Take care. Have a good night. night. Take care.
3: You too.
0: The Gully Grip is a free-rolling handle that inevitably causes more stability in your wrist than any other grip on the market. It's also much more accessible to any cable system, allowing more progressive overloading movements, producing a higher outcome in overall strength in not only your shoulder girdle, but also those muscle groups important for arm wrestling. Visit GullyGrip.com. That's G-U-L-L-E-Y Grip.com. Apply your strength.
1: Well guys, I just want to thank our guest Josh Grant, John Brown from Hand Control Worldwide. Check those guys out, Hand Control Worldwide YouTube, the hottest new arm wrestling show out there. Podcast, Skype, you get to see your favorite arm wrestlers face to face, interview to interview. Bunch of great guys promoting arm wrestling And uh, I'm just so happy That uh, those guys are doing that And uh, it was an honor to have them on the show Tonight also I just want to wish Everybody the best of luck um, With uh, the WAL regionals coming up in Dallas uh, We got Daniel Worley Carl Stanley <coughs> Excuse me um, I think Christian Benny Um Frank Diaz. Oh, I can't even remember who's all going to be there, but, uh, some of the Florida guys will be out there pulling, looking forward to, uh, to seeing how those guys do. I know Daniel's a defending regional, uh, left arm, uh, 195 champion. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great event rolling right into the finals on June 24th. Uh, excited about that. So, uh, Here in Florida, we've got a PAL event coming up here in May, or May, yeah, May, sorry, (laughs) May 28th in Disney, um, and that's going to be a PAL qualifier. Then we're going to be, well, we're going to be July um, 16th at Vendetta, All-Star Vendetta 46, Um, looking forward to being a part of that card. Like I said, me and Evan putting beards up. And, uh, you know, I got I to gotta say, man, things are going to be a little different this time. I'm, I'm feeling great. I'm actually, I've had some health issues over the past couple months. Uh, you know, and I finally went to the doctors last week. I had a sleep study done Friday um, last week, just right before the Europa. I haven't been sleeping. Um, you know, I've been falling asleep every Friday. Every time I'd sit down, I can't breathe, I I snore, uh, you know, it's been a a horrible, you know, past year almost, and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse, and I finally went and got a sleep study done, Um, in a two-hour period, I I, I stopped breathing 150 times, they put a a CPAC machine on me, and uh, after an hour getting used to it, I slept for three hours, woke up, felt like a 12-year-old kid again, I, I just couldn't believe what I was missing, you know. Only three hours sleep, but um, due to my, uh, you know, due to some pushiness, my wife uh, getting things rolling after the sleep study. It usually takes a few weeks to get the machine, but I I picked it up today, so I'm I'm really looking forward to finally getting some sleep starting tonight, so I can start recovering um, from some of these workouts that I've been doing because I can't even believe that I've been able to train two or three times a day. 6 days a week but uh you know I'm definitely don't feel like I'm getting any stronger and uh you know without any sleep man you just don't recover so uh I think in a few weeks with getting some good sound sleep I think things are going to be on a totally different ball game and I'm really really looking forward to that and uh you know that's bottom line man you got to take care of your health uh been real stubborn with that stuff and uh you know now As I'm learning, as I get older, I'm getting a little smarter. And luckily I have a wife to push me a little harder. But, uh, you know, take care of yourself. So that being said, July 16th, Vendetta, Rhode Island, Peter Mills smashing John Milne, um, Craig Zubler smashing Evan, Evan shaving, getting a Gillette uh, Blue Blade sponsor, Gillette Aftershave. um, Chris Chandler is going to be there. He's going to show everybody why he's the – Hook King in North America. I can't believe people are actually thinking he's going to lose that match. Um, I just, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. But, you uh, know, I, I feel bad for the two Canadians coming down. But, hey, bring your igloo sled. Come on down. Rhode Island, you're going to sit and stop and get beat up and go back home. And you guys can cuddle and hold each other. With that being said, Dave Shafey classic august 13th a teammate of john brown it's going to be a war got all the respect in the world for this cat max maxwell and uh i know i'm you know got a big journey big guy ahead of me um and uh you know i'm looking forward to testing myself against the, the the guys that are great man great guys um and and max is definitely a a great puller, and uh, just be honored to be able to pull him, check out Aerie. So uh, August 13th, Dave Shavey Classic, best of five right hand, me and the Max Man going to be battling it out. Looking forward to that. And uh, then we got September, uh, October 15th, I do believe. It's going to be Oktoberfest. We got another Uh, PAL qualifier here in Daytona Beach, if you guys are in town for Oktoberfest, it's a huge bike festival we have down here in Daytona come on down um, and check it out man, it's a great time of year, Uh, once again guys, I just want to thank you guys for uh, supporting Arm Wrestling Nation Radio also, just want to thank our guests Josh Grant and John Brown for coming on and uh, keeping up the good work with hand control worldwide until next week guys I'm Craig Chubulaire, and I'm out of here.
0: You have been listening to a broadcast of Arm Wrestling Nation Radio. If you tuned in halfway through the show, you can download the entire episode on iTunes today. Just go to iTunes and search Arm Wrestling Nation Radio. Visit us on Facebook for updates, photos, and direct links to the show at awnr.us. Arm Wrestling Nation Radio. will put you over the top.